Welcome and you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. Big announcement, we've made Keep The Change's night school free for you for a limited time only to see how many people use it and how many people actually work through it and therefore how much they get out of it. So if you'd like to access that and you haven't seen the link up on Instagram, you can go and you can find that in this latest email. It'll be in the blog. Otherwise, send us an email, luke at keepthechange.co.nz. It'll be down the very bottom of the, the email that goes out this week as well. And basically what it allows you to do is create a login for yourself. It'll kick you an email with your own unique password. And you will be able to come back to this platform that I have built a shit ton of content on top of. And in there are different lessons to help you not make the same mistakes that a lot of people do when it comes to finances all over the world. And there are exercises in there, there are activities, there are probing questions to get you thinking, there are replays of webinars, there are uh, a replay of the webinar around how to put more income into your household, the tracker is there for trying to save $10,000 in 12 months, there is just a stack of content. So you can grab that and you can access it and you can work through it. Uh, I, I can see how far through you've gone if you do get it. So if you get it and then sit on zero and think, oh, I might do this another time, because I'm a sicko, I'll probably in a month's time go through and remove access to all those people that don't actually do anything with it. So, you know, just beware. Big Brother's always watching. To be fair, I'm not going to be watching too much. But I did this, I put so much time and work and effort into this and... I feel like it hasn't gotten into the hands of the right people and some people haven't been able to afford it and I, I think those are the people that probably need it the most and I want to get some real good feedback from people around it and I probably need a good couple of hundred people to start working through some of that content so that I can get a good vast array of feedback and then I can use that feedback to improve it and make it even better so that it's a tool that people can uh, work through and we can get more and more people learning about their financial education and some of the basics because I know there's probably a lot of people that read and listen to these that do need some help but they don't really want to put their hand up or they don't really know what they don't know. So I've tried to cover off everything from sort of A to Z on things that you could be thinking about. Uh, it's not like real basic but it's it's got a huge depth of stuff that you wouldn't have been taught at school, you wouldn't have even thought about in some cases and uh, hopefully it's the catalyst for change for some people. But this week's lesson is about the cost of travel for you. Now this sort of leads on from the impromptu pod that I did earlier in the week where I just explained a couple of things that are happening in the market and I tried to get you thinking about what you could do to get back in control. Into, in control of rising costs and things like that and this one this email was very specific to travel because I was working with a, a mate of mine giving him a hand with some financial stuff and he was talking about his budget and we were going through that and figuring out could we reorder it and do things differently and we noticed together that transport was one-tenth of his income now as a younger guy on relatively good money and or comparatively good money compared to other people uh, in the country, but probably on par with people in his industry. And 
I said, mate, it's costing you like one in ten dollars that you make is spent on getting to that job. Is that uh, is that alarming or is that insightful or it is what it is? And we had like a pretty good conversation about it. And so I thought I put it on socials. You might have already seen it. I had it on Instagram, Facebook, and I put it on my own LinkedIn as well to see what people thought about that. Um, and some people had some great suggestions, so I've included that in this email too. So let's get started and, and dig into it. Now, on the weekend, I was giving someone a hand with their finances, and we noticed something pretty alarming. The cost of petrol and parking for them was over 10% of their total salary, so it's actually higher than 10%. Now, that, that means that over one-tenth of their salary is being spent on going to work. If we factor in tax, it is actually 13% of their annual tax income. I'll just keep it very simple, and let's just say it was a hundred grand salary, right? And then let's say that the travel costs, so parking petrol, were ten grand. That's one tenth, but that's not accurate, is it? Because he's paying for travel, i.e., petrol and parking, from after-tax income. So his after-tax income on a hundred grand salary, actually, I'd have to get the exact figure on how much tax that would be, but basically, after-tax, thirteen percent of his wage after tax is being spent on getting to and from work. So 13 out of every $100 that he receives in his pocket, he is spending to go to that job. Now this is a mix of petrol expenses and car parking. We aren't even measuring the other costs of a car here, like registration, insurance, cleaning, maintenance, putting some sick, um, sick what are they called, neon lights underneath it, those are f- hectic as, uh, whatever you spend on your car then those things are effectively costing you money too. But we were only factoring in petrol and car parking and not the fully hectic sick as neon lights underneath it or illuminating his fully hectic sick registration plate. I got a personalised plate. Wow, those are uh, those can be expensive. Um, I didn't even know how to fit mine. But there's all these things that come with cars when you buy them where you start paying for additional things, isn't there? But anyway... We didn't infect those in, so we're just looking at the two basics. But you might want to think about some of the other costs that it costs, or that it takes to run your vehicle. Now, some would say, well, then just catch the train, mate. We don't really care. Well, okay, fair enough. This is actually a really good suggestion. So we did think about that, and it is an alternative for him. So we mapped that out, and we saw what the cost was for that was for a year. It's actually cheaper than the car, which shouldn't be of a surprise to you, uh, but... This person actually really likes driving because they use that to learn in that time. So it's their dedicated hour a day of the five days that they drive into work, half an hour there and half an hour back, to actually do some learning. Now, if your commute is going to soak up a fair bit of your life and your finances, well, make sure you are using it wisely by learning in that time. Think about networking, like calling people or solving problems or ringing a plumber saying, we need to fix this, or visualizing a better life. Do something for you. Don't listen to fucking Fletch Vaughan and whoever. Apologies, Fletch Vaughan, etc. if you're listening to this. But we're here to learn, aren't we, team? And we are trying to improve areas of our life. Hey, maybe dabble in them if, if that uh, is some escapism and a bit of entertainment for you. But don't waste five hours of your life tuning into shit that doesn't serve you well or hold any purpose for you when you could be learning, you could be growing, you could be solving problems, you could be networking, uh, you could be visualizing, you could be thinking... You could be practicing a better breathing technique. Use your commute time as an investment back into yourself. Don't let it go to waste because A, it's costing you money and B, 
it's costing you time and you can never get that time back. So be careful if you give too much to Fletchy Boy. Now, we know from recent data that transport was the second biggest contributor to inflation for 2021. Statistics New Zealand said that during last year, the average price of 91 octane petrol increased by 30%. That's gone from $1.87 per litre to $2.45 during the year. Well, at the time of writing this, in February 2022, octane 91 is probably $2.80, $2.70, depending on where you are. Um, obviously, us Aucklanders up here, we get smacked with a bit more tax. Did you know that basically 50% of a litre of petrol in Auckland is tax. So if you pay three bucks for your ninety-five, then a dollar fifty of it is a form of tax. So really you're only paying a dollar fifty for your petrol, but you're getting smacked up with GST, road user type charge, taxes, Auckland levies, build another bridge that we won't bridge tax, who knows, like all these different things. So really fifty uh, percent is going straight into some form of tax base coffers that will get used to improve the roads and all sorts of different things. But anyway, given that I think inflation could be sticky, meaning it is keen to stick around, we need to keep an eye on the cost that we have. Perhaps work out your annual cost of transport, insurance, rent, food, entertainment, etc. as a percentage of your total salary or your annual income. Make a calendar reminder to do this every six months and see how things have changed for you. What I mean by this is go through and analyse of your total income each year how much are you spending each year on food, groceries, rent, um, travel, and actually put that stuff into categories and figure out as a percentage what percentage of your total income you're spending on those things. Because that might highlight for you like, wow, okay, 40% of my income is spent on housing or maybe it's more or um, clothing or food or transport. And it could be the thing that makes you realize like, wow, okay, I could maybe do something differently to change this. And it's a good way, it's a very simple way to then go back and do it six months later to figure out how much has that changed. And you might go, well, transport to and from work and parking used to be 13%, but interestingly, petrol's gone up 30%, and my parking's gone up $3. Once I times that out by five times a week, there's another $15, and I times that out by the uh, 50 weeks that you go to work or whatever it is, you start to see how much it is that you're now spending that you weren't spending before. So it might be another 750 bucks plus another three grand of petrol and you're going, wow, it's gone from 10% of my income to 15%. Well, actually in that year, my income hasn't changed. So I'm going backwards in some way, shape or form. What am I going to do about it? And then we go back to the previous podcast that uh, I did before this about what we can do to get back into control of some of these things. So if you're a very high-level and simplistic type person, much like myself, you might just want to run some percentages every now and then, i.e. every six months, to actually see what it is as a percentage that you're spending on some of the common things that you're spending on. Now here are a few solutions my amazing LinkedIn network added to my post after oh, about the cost of transport. One, if your friend has the option to work from home, carpool, go electric, or public transport, or a mix of both, it could be a good saving. Well, great idea. Maybe they should do some working from home, carpool the odd time, get on the transport, like mix it up, you know, and bring that cost down by a percentage by actually changing it and not always driving and always having to park. Now, can they work from home, even just a day or two here and there? Can they switch to being a subcontractor to claim expenses and not lose out? Now, it's a little bit technical. We've talked about this previously about how 
if, if someone's contracting, I don't actually, maybe we haven't done a, a lesson on this, but if someone's contracting, often they can claim the expenses that they incur to generate their income. So if I was a contractor to Spark, um, I might be able to claim some of the expenses because it might be a temporary contract where I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do some accounting for them and I'm going to work on a project and they're going to pay me a contract rate per hour and I might have to travel to get there and I might have to buy a new laptop and a fancy new Spark shirt or something so that I can get in the front door and I might be able to claim some of those expenses which would then bring my total income effectively down because I'd be getting taxed on my income less my expenses and I'd pay the tax on that. So contracting, it may be a solution for some people, not necessarily for everybody. The IRD don't necessarily like it. They like people being employees because then they're going to get their PAYE income more regularly and people aren't going to be claiming expenses so their tax take's going to be higher. But that's going down a bit of a rabbit hole. But perhaps being a subcontractor or a contractor is something you could look into if you want to do some reading in that space, have a look at the Henry website, hnry.nz or .co.nz and learn a little bit about that. I think I've got a video in the night school around Henry as well and that might get you thinking too. So sometimes we have to sacrifice to get what we want. If they didn't have that job, is there an alternative with a higher net pay? That's a very interesting point, which we'll come back to in a second. Is an e-bike an option, eh? How about an e-bike? We've never owned a second car. This is what someone said. We've never owned a second car, and at times we never, or we were even carless. At one stage, I worked out I was saving 5k a year by cycle commuting based on IRD kilometre rates. There are also no parking costs and the potential for no gym costs. Now, also what is coming in is like subscription-type car services and those city-hop type things where you don't own a car, but you can go and grab one and drive it around and then just park it in a designated area. Uh, those things are quite interesting, and you should probably pay by the, the kilometre or something. I've never used one, uh, but there's also a bloke who's started something similar. I can't remember the name of that. I think it might be called Commutely, maybe. But those things are coming, and often we can get stuck in our ways and like, well, I want to have a car. I deserve to have a car. Um, I've always had a car, or, you know, why wouldn't you have a car? They're only three grand, but, you know, these types of things, sometimes they hold us back from actually making change. So keep an eye out as the market changes and as transport changes as to what a solution could be for you. I catch so many Ubers now and get Uber scooters and stuff like that. And 10 years ago, I you know I probably couldn't have foreseen that coming. Well, actually, quick story, whilst waiting for a taxi in the mighty Manawatu after a night out at the empty vessel having a couple of vessels themselves, uh, my mate and I were waiting for a cab, and he said, wouldn't it be great, I think everyone's got this story, eh? wouldn't it be great if we could go on an app on our phone or look on our phone on the internet somewhere, and it would show us how far away our taxi was, because I was probably scared of getting beaten up at the taxi rank because I was only a small guy, but that's a bloody good idea. So uh, someone probably overheard that and built Uber so that I could get an Uber home and not get beaten up at the Palmerston North taxi rank, but is that what they're called, taxi rank? Not sure. Luke, keep the change.co.nz if you want to correct that. Uh, but... Anyway, those types of technologies, they come along. So don't, uh, don't ignore them and don't ignore what could be solutions for you. Even carpooling with your friends, I think that's a good point. Now that fourth bullet point is a good reminder. To look at the total cost, or look at the cost of taking a new job with a pay rise. What costs are associated with this new job, i.e. parking, etc.? Now my partner recently took a new job 
and we did this exact exercise. We're like, okay, this is what the new income is, but at the moment you can walk to work and it takes you X, Y, Z minutes. Now you're going to have to commute and it's going to take you five times as long, these different things. And so we tried to put a price allocation on all of these things to work out, okay, what's the actual net income gain? Because a lot of people will go, well, if I move from job A to job B, I'm going to get paid five grand more. I'm going to get paid 10 grand more. Yeah, but what costs are associated with that? So don't just get caught out by thinking, okay, higher income, better lifestyle. Perhaps there's costs associated with those moves. More travel, uh, niggly manager, who knows, you know, those types of things, they they might be actually uh, ensuring that you get into a position where you've gone backwards in some way. And I've got a good story about doing exactly that. Because when I moved to Auckland from Hawara, which is a small town in the Taranaki, I made a rookie mistake and moved for the same money. I thought, yeah, yeah I'll move for the same, same salary. Accountant, you think, smart guy, he should be thinking about this stuff. But no, but no, here I was walking straight into the trap, the trap that is Auckland, on the first day, I realised it took me 40 minutes to get to work. It used to take me four minutes. Then I had to pay for parking. I was livid. I drove in on the Sunday to have a look, and I thought, well, I don't know why everyone complains about the traffic in Auckland. It's bloody good. It took me about 20 minutes to get there. I thought, yeah, this is good. And uh, on the Monday, it took me 20 minutes just to get onto the bloody motorway. So 40 minutes to get into work. Then I had to pay for parking. It was about 18 bucks. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, it's just taking 40 minutes of my life away and I'm having to pay to go to work. What have I signed up for? So on the Thursday, the city had broken me because I thought maybe it's just a Monday thing. Tuesday came, same thing, and I thought, you know, surely Wednesday would be better. No. Thursday, no. So I was crying. This is a true story. Blokes cry too, okay? Get over it. For some of you, you'll relate to this, and I've said it before, but it might be worth taking these concerns to your employer and instead of just thinking, oh, I'll just suck it up, you know, costs are going up, I'll just suck it up. Now, the inflation and cost of transportation are not your employer's fault, but people want to look after good employees, so have the conversation. Good employers are often good problem solvers too. Now, the labour market is very, very tight at the moment. We've never seen such low unemployment for a long time, so people want to look after good people. So go to your employer and say, hey, is there anything that we could do? Is there any way that perhaps I could uh, work from home a bit more? You know, Take a solution to the conversation, like working from home one or two days a week or asking whether there's some form of non-taxable allowance that they could help with, maybe a cheaper parking spot that they know of. They're probably solving and trying to solve the same problems that you are too, and they will know that people are facing these things. So don't be afraid to actually take some of these things to your employer and see with your solutions and their solutions what they can come up with you. They might even fill your car with a tank of gas once a month or something. You just never know until you ask. Now a lot of these emails and podcasts are written to get you thinking about how you can take some control back when it is being taken from you. Just like me in Auckland, I could keep crying, oh, trust me, I had a good crack at it, or I could change my commute and, decreasing, or buy, and decrease my parking costs by getting up early and parking in the streets for free. Then I'd go running and work on my health. It's literally what I did. I just started driving in super early, missing the traffic, and parking in the streets where it was free parking. And then I'd go for a run, do some exercise, and work on myself. Now, that's not everyone's cup of tea. And there's some downsides to that too. 
you know, you're at your office, you're sweating in your accounting grey pants, and it's just tough. It's just tough in that corporate life, and people are swanning in at eight thirty. You've been up since five thirty, thinking, "Look at these people. They don't even know what I've been doing. They don't know how tough I've got it." And you can start to go down a bit of a spiral that way too, and think, "Why am I living to work?" But you know, those were the solutions that I chose in that time. But as I've progressed through life, I've been able to, um, you know, sub out some of those things and do things a little bit differently as well, including working from home a bit more and different things. So you and I can't control petrol and transport costs, but with awareness of them changing, we can change the actions we take around them changing on us. Now, I've invested in an electric scooter to go to and work, to and from work from time to time. I scooted in today. I could also see this coming somewhat. So in February 2021, I invested into a US oil fund what that means is I was thinking about this stuff, I think I said this on the last podcast, thinking about this stuff a year ago, and I thought, hmm, what could I invest into that might protect me from a bit of this? Now the US oil fund has increased by 60% in the 12 months. So it was 12 months to the day on Wednesday, so that's effectively offset my costs of petrol rising, because my investment has increased in value by 60%, and petrol has increased in 30%. So it's offsetting it a little bit. Now that could be, that's a little bit of extra for experts type thinking there, but it might be something you want to think about. You know, you might want to start buying some cans of food for home or some of the foods that you always have or some of the kombucha that you always drink or whatever, those things that aren't necessarily perishable that are going to hold some uh, use in the house and longer lasting and, you know, in six months time you might still have them and look at them on the shelves and go, wow, they're 30% dearer now. So think about those types of things as well. What can you do to get back in control? Now I hope that has got you thinking. Have an outstanding weekend. P.S. You're one of 2,000, no, gee, you more than 2,000. You're one of 5,215 recipients. Is there someone you could forward this to? Now did you know the higher cost of living, given it is an input cost for most things going from A to B, so think about that. The things that you're buying, they've got an input cost, which is the transportation of those goods, to get from the factory to the supermarket, all those types of things. Well, that's also got the effect of increasing prices for most goods and uh, we all need to buy them. So think about that. The cost of petrol is not just hitting you at the pump, it's hitting you across the other things that you're going to be buying too because it's usually an input cost to get things to you, whether that's via a courier, so courier is going to get more expensive, transportation, those things are all costs that we pay when we buy something. So just think about that as well and how it's not just impacting you when you go to top up your vehicle. So what things, even if maybe you don't necessarily, you're not feeling the pinch, what things could you be doing to just give yourself uh, a little bit of alleviation, if that's the correct word, but a way to alleviate some of the pain of petrol prices increasing? Because I don't think it's stopped yet. And I'd imagine it won't be too long until we see some sort of uh, government inquiry or some sort of inquiry into petrol prices and it'll just be a charade for us to go, oh good, something's going to happen about it and probably nothing will happen about it. So don't fall into that trap of thinking that someone's going to come and solve it all because it's probably just going to continue to go up for a, a little while longer as well. So think about what things you can do. Now extra for hungry learners, now free, keep the change night school. There's the link in the bottom of the email, but it's basically keepthechange.co.nz forward slash, forward slash night school hyphen V2. 
But go and find the link so you can click on it. Please forward this to a friend if you would like them to be learning. That's the email. Or put this podcast on your social media. That would mean a lot to me. That's literally how this grows. We do some Facebook marketing at this end. But you putting it on your social media and stuff, that's Facebook marketing in a way too because there's a high, higher chance that your friends are going to trust you because you're watching and listening and learning from someone and they'll think, well, perhaps I should be too. Whereas if I just turn up on their Facebook news feed and say, hey, read this every week or listen to it and they probably go, who the fuck is that guy? If you have mortgage questions, Mikey Smith, remember to get in touch with him. Adam from Compound Wealth, read your KiwiSaver. I can't answer those for you. I'm not an approved financial advisor. I'm just a chartered accountant out here trying to help some of you learn more about finances and money because you probably weren't silly enough to spend 10 years of your life going to university, then becoming a CA, then getting a certificate of public practice, all the shit that you've never heard of. You didn't want to do that because you probably got more personality. But anyway, I'm here to help you. So pass this on and get someone that's close to you learning about their finances so that together we can all get a little bit smarter and stay on top of these things because it's not easy out there and we've still got a long way to go. All right, enjoy the ride 2022. We're still hanging in there. We're going to get it done. Hope you're all looking after yourselves. We'll see you next week.